But a carver's not going to help me longboard. No, true. I'm going to see another coach, mate. I don't know how to Well, you don't need a surf coach. <laughs> I'll stay in my lane, but yeah. <laughs> You've seen me trying to cross that. She always interested about that visualisation thing. Two groups. Yeah, so just before we get into this one, Logan's microphone, we had a bit of trouble with it. Hopefully we'll overlay some audio, but um, if not, it sounds a little bit tinny. Just have to bear with it. Hello. Um, should I do it in the Welsh way? <laughs> no. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right, but. Hello and welcome to the UK Surf Show. We are your hosts. I'm Pete. And I'm Mitch. And I'm Logan. Again. <laughs> oh, again. is it again? This again. Is. Well, well, it might be. The first it might be the first one. or it might be again. Could be. And? Uh, Mike Collins. Um, surf coach, strength and conditioning coach and part-time surf manager at Escape Sports Sports. And this is a pretty amazing setup we've got in here as well. Yeah. Thank you for letting us film in here. I should probably point out, I just realised, it'll be the second reference to the other guys this week, but you're obviously Mike. Does that make us the boys? It's Mike and the boys. Mike and the boys. <laughs> <laughs> we will have sex in your car. <laughs> it's called a soup kitchen. <laughs> There's a way to start. <laughs> There's a way to start, isn't there? <laughs> so, um, yeah, like a bit about you. How did you get into surfing? When did you start? When did you oh. get addicted <coughs> to the crackhead of the sea? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so for me, like it was, I was 13 getting into surfing. Live, I live, still live in my stake, so Valley Boy through and through. Um, used to catch a bus over to Abraven at this like 6'6". Six, six. I ca- couldn't even surf in now, let alone back then. Stupid little shortboard, catch a bus over. Didn't know if there was going to be surf. Mother would pick me up at 8 o'clock, so I'd paddle around, float around for a couple of hours. Sometimes if there was no surf. If there was surf, I'd try my best to surf a step. But what I know now is a step up board. <laughs> and uh, yeah, to kind of limited um, success. And and then it's kind of rugby took over. Um, basketball first, so I had a scholarship to Swansea College. Did um, sports coach and exercise science there as a basketball scholarship. And then rugby from like 18, 17, mm. 18, quite seriously. I was going to say, because you're about 19 foot tall. <laughs> well, I was going to say, because you said 6'6", six, six shortboard, and other people were going, that's not a shortboard. <laughs> yeah. You are 6'6", six, six, aren't you? Yeah. You are the same length as my mid-length. Yeah. Exactly <laughs> <Yeah. same length. laughs> Which obviously yeah. makes basketball make sense. You think in basketball, yeah. it's an unfair advantage just being tall, and maybe you don't even have to be that good at the sport. Look, a Shaquille O'Neal, yes. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> I feel like... It'd be the same sort of thing in darts. <coughs> if you, I don't know what the distance is from the hockey to the, yeah, yeah if your yeah. arm was nine foot and you could just place the dart yeah. in to 20, <laughs> it'd feel a bit unfair. Yeah. <laughs> there should be a height limit in basketball, I think. Yeah. <laughs> what? Why so, you like that? <laughs> I, was, I was just thinking, I was just going to go off on a tangent about like, the, there'll be short people out there now going, well, that's unfair and I'm kicking off about short people basketball or something like that. That's but. his own thing. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, this is a surf show, not a basketball show. Yeah, we'll do so that on the other one. Yeah. The UK basketball show. With <laughs> also with Logan and Mike. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the voice. So surfing. You surf round here or roughly round here. Yeah. Was it an easy... Were you tall as a kid as well? Yeah, yeah. So was, did, that, did you find that made it harder for you? Or did it I was told it did. Yeah. Um, but it might sound weird, but I've never seen myself as tall. Yeah, it's, it sounds odd, but like you I just, just look down on everyone. You can <laughs> <laughs> until until I'm in an airport waiting for somebody to come out of the arrivals lounge, and I'm looking over everybody. That's when I realise I'm like, oh, I'm quite tall actually. <laughs> 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 but it's literally that, and I, I I think it's like 
part of my mentality is if I'm told something, I go opposite. So I'm I'm yeah. told still to this day, like you're too you're a bit tall to be a surfer. I'm like, my fuck, I'm I'm gonna be a surfer. <laughs> I'm gonna be half decent one as well. <laughs> Hence all the sports. Like, yeah. Like I I sort of when I finished playing rugby I lost nearly twenty kilos and did mm. an athletic physique comp just because I could because I was always told, Oh, you you your rugby player will never be in that sort of shape. I did get in that shape. So it's like mm. I got this mentality that I just and it might sound cocky, but for me, it's it's a drive. It's yeah. like I w- I'll prove you wrong, um, but proving myself right more yeah. than proving other people wrong. If I don't think sense. that's a, I think that's a great motivator. People yeah. saying you can't, you won't, you'll yeah. never. Like what for a great sure. motivator! Just to even if it's not for your own sanity, just to shut them up. Yeah, yeah. fuck you. I've yeah. Done it. And, and I don't even have to tell them. Mm. Like it's not no. like I'm going to them. Oh, see, I did it. But it's like in my head, I'm like, no, there's no limitation. There are obviously there's limitations in life. Yeah, that's um, why we have adaptive surfing, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. But in mindset I think yeah. there's you know you can push and push and push and push yeah. and, you, and it's surprising where you can get then mm-hmm. once you start putting those things in place and was surfing always there was that always the ongoing or did you kind of step away from surfing when you got into rugby yeah. and basketball yeah it was always there like yeah. we'd always go out on uh, well milli miles back then mm-hmm. you know on foamies and stuff as a, as a group of sur- as group of rugby players as well we'd have days where we'd go to the beach or whatever but not that comp- it took over competitively in my not as a competitive surfer but as a coach and as somebody who wanted to progress yeah myself but also help other people progress when i was sort of 27 28 when i finished rugby so the last okay. 10 years really sort of building towards that kind of being that surf mm-hmm. coach that people could go to and get like a good yeah session and it's not just surf coaching is it you do you do the psychological side as well is that right about counselling sort of yeah stuff? so I trained down in the Iron Mill in Exeter for three years um, and unfortunately due to Covid I didn't finish my hours so I did all the courses did all the academic side yeah. of it and then you have to do like 150 hours of service one to one with adults and I did 100 odd hours and then Covid hit and what did you go online I was like oh I didn't feel right kind of I yeah, okay. new to it anyway I want like we are here now I can read your expression I can read yours you can Uh-oh. read mine <laughs> like, <laughs> no, like, not like, in that so, way so. <laughs> I was going to say because when you said psychology I was like you're fucked then <laughs> <laughs> don't even start over here <laughs> yeah but I just, it wasn't for me going online um, but what I learned in those three years mm-hmm. going through my own therapy as well because you yeah. had to and I was put my hands up like I don't need 40 hours of therapy you have to to become a counsellor okay like the most mind-blowing 40 hours I've ever spent with somebody in my life. Oh, really? Yeah, you just... Well, I didn't realise until I got in that room and they start asking probing questions and then mm-hmm. you're like, oh, that's why I do that. That's why I've got that yeah. drive. That's why I've got this insecurity. Okay. And, and that helped me manage myself around other people, but also see how to... Learn how to manage other people in a positive way. So yeah. I think that's definitely helped with the coaching side of things from an athlete perspective. And um, Do yeah. you think going into that the psychology thing especially when you were learning it that did you go in there with almost a negative people can't read me I can't even read me sort of approach and then suddenly you're like actually this makes sense yeah I think if I'm totally honest it was a valley tough guy mentality mm-hmm. I can help other people but I don't need to be helped yeah. see I I think the way I describe it I think everyone should have therapy see a therapist for like, sure right? yeah. the way I see it is when I've been it's like I've got a load of files all over the floor and they help you put them in line and you pick them up and you go, oh, right, they fucking go there. That makes sense. So you go, that's why I do that. That's why I do that. And that all like lines up and makes sense. And then the and wind it's, comes. 
And then the wind comes and blows them all fucking everywhere. And you yeah. start again. I really like that analogy. Yeah, it's class. like it yeah. is like a like a filing cabinet, I think. And you just you sort of put things and you like Oh right. Well, my dad used to say that, and that's made me feel like that. So that's why I act like that. And it's like, oh right. And I want then, to probe one deeper on that. What did you actually yeah. learn while you were doing them forty hours about yourself? Yeah, that's a really good question and really poked in for me. So, um, it's so my relationship with males was so my dad and, and mum divorced when I was younger. Still got a re- really good relationship with my dad, loving to bits, um, but didn't see him very often. Yeah, through various reasons and whatever. So. What I found was when I had like negative feedback from a male coach that yeah. was put in the wrong way, like devastating. Like mm-hmm. just wouldn't would wouldn't go training or you know be real upset and just angry. Like and then I realised that I was like, oh, I'm chasing like this time like, trying to prove to this male that I can, yeah. I'm worth something or whatever. And and not that my dad ever thought I'm not worth anything because I know like he he mm-hmm. appreciates who I am, what I do, and loves me to bits, but. It just comes from, like, everybody has things when they grow up where their parents try and give them everything that they can at that time, yeah. but you're always left with things that you have to work on as an adult, mm-hmm. no matter how good your parents are, no matter if, like, the best people in the world and they've got the best intentions in the world. Well, they can only do what they've well, got they, exactly. and what tools they've got at the time. You know, if yeah. I look at, like, at what you were saying then, looking back from when I was younger, that I know the way my dad and his brother were brought up, that his... His father, so my granddad, was like, um, had like manic depression and stuff like that. Well, it's, it's different names now. I think it would be classed as bipolar now, but yeah. it was, he was all over the place. And they, they, by all means of what I know, they had quite a hard upbringing. So when I look at what my childhood was like from that side, I'm like, oh, you can sort of understand. Uh, when I think the thing about counseling, the thing about therapy, is that you start to, instead of feeling like it was your fault, you start to understand why that happened, which eases the burden of it feeling like everything was your fault. Yeah. Is that, would you say that's fair? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, because you, you're looking for answers, before you go into the therapy setting, you're looking for answers that you, you don't understand. Yeah. You can't get to yourself. You need somebody else to just probe you, mm-hmm. you know, into the right, those directions. So, yeah. Like that mindset for me, and then and then like, like um, ego states was a big thing for me. So like the adult parent child kind of learning about that and learning that actually is a choice where the way you can react, the way you can read situations, the way that other people are reacting, mm-hmm. and then you know, not you don't know. So it makes you sound like some sort of again, mystical creature, but <laughs> you understand. Who's as tall like, as Gandalf? <laughs> 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 but they might be coming from a place that's been triggered, mm-hmm. and. That understanding that then stepping back and go right I've triggered something here now in the, maybe in an athlete or something you know yeah. when you're giving feedback or mm-hmm. a group set, group lesson or whatever it might be um, understanding that allows you to have empathy for that person allows you to change your approach slightly yeah. to get the best out of that person so that's where it's been super valuable yeah and that's such an important point actually because there's a lot of good coaches out there in all walks of life in all sports doesn't have to be sports anything technical anything that gets taught yeah. but on the there's a difference between being a good coach and being able to understand your audience and your individual needs of that audience. People that can read people really well tend to be better. I think coaches, because there's no one true approach, is there? That, no. You know, any athletes you work with will have a different requirement. Some people, like Logan, I'm sure, like soaks up and absorbs feedback pretty well. There'll be other people that you maybe can't be as direct with. 
So yeah. I can see how helpful that would be. Yeah, and then also, like, I'm guessing you do 40 hours with a therapist, they're listening to you, and then you've done your 100 hours, you're listening to other people, aren't you? And you didn't coach before. You didn't coach before that. Just therapy. in rugby. Right, you did. You did yeah. So yeah. what is that? What did that therapy, being a counsellor, did that help with your coaching? I'm guessing it did. I'm yeah. guessing it helped with your coaching. And what, what did it help with? What, how, is it, how have you taken that into your coaching? It, it helped me step back. So it helped me to step back and critically analyse the way that I was approaching situations. So instead of just having this one approach, like where you know you get irate if something didn't go well or whatever, and then you pass that on to your team or whatever it may yeah. be. You know, I had outbursts when I was coaching in rugby in the mid- half time, of the, and and don't get me wrong, it sometimes triggered that response you wanted. Yeah. When I look back on that, I'm a little bit ashamed. I'm like, oh, did I really act like that? Like, why mm-hmm. am I getting so angry and aggressive towards a team that I'm coaching? <laughs> yeah. Like, what is happening here? Yeah, you you know. Doing a cut back yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd be like that. You, you fucking do it then. So yeah, that's what it. That's what it teaches you, and that comes with maturity as well in in life. I think if you're willing to. Do you find that the psychology side of it then also helps with? So say I'm going to take Logan because he's here. Say he's having. Say he's going into competitions. And he's used to surfing like sloppier waves, so he's always pumping. And then when he's in a nice wave competition, he's still like trying to pump into the waves, which is losing in points. Which I'm just guessing something like that would happen. Yeah, well, not that we've had a not that we've had a conversation. We let it. But like, <laughs> could could the psychology side help you get into his head, basically, and be like, right, there's this is why you you know obviously yeah. we know why he's doing it because it's what he's used to all the time. But yeah. to stop doing it. I think with Logan, I don't know, like you jump in on this, but because we, we, we've grown to be quite good friends as well over like the last five years, we've mm-hmm. known each other. So we know each other pretty well. Like when we're on the way to surf, like when we go to fresh, we have pretty valuable and sometimes deep conversations about yeah. if we listen to a podcast, we'll pause it and like go off on a tangent and talk about <laughs> stuff. Obviously not this podcast. Yeah, like, no one pauses <laughs> this podcast. Because <laughs> it never gets started. Yeah. This, this one just goes straight through at two times speed. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, that shit's out of the way. <laughs> so I think credit to, to his mentality, especially as a young man as he is. I forget sometimes he's still only 24. Yeah. Mm. You know, it's like talking to someone who's 38, same age as me. I know I look yeah. like 45 with no hair. Not, but <laughs> so I don't think it plays into our relationship too much because he's quite mature in, in yeah. the way he approaches situations, but probably does in the way that, like, if I approached him in the way that I coached rugby 10 years ago, I know that he would not respond to yeah. to that sort of criticism because um, he likes feedback, but he likes it in, in a certain way. Yeah. Um, I, would, I don't know, you jump. Yeah, 100%. Jump in on that. Like with where we are quite similar, so I'd say the way I receive feedback is probably quite similar to how you would want to receive your feedback. Yeah. But what I'm interested in is when you're coaching on your intermediate course for now, for example, you've got ten people, ten different personalities. How are you delivering? How are you being individual to these people? And what what are you? How are you breaking that down for yourself yeah. to do that? Because I would never. I that's what that's a big worry of mine. That's yeah. why I wouldn't want to do yeah. that. Is because mm. you've got to deal with all these different people. And, empathize with each yeah. one yeah it's a good question yeah so for me it's noticing it's just like noticing within that first initial meeting mm-hmm. noticing those personalities yeah who's up front and, and f- sort of forthcoming with what they want from the course because we always do a bit of a question and answer to start with 
um, who's not who's slithering like into the background who can you see this a little bit nervous and then mm. it's managing that relationship in that first session in particular you know the people that are going to just get in and get on with it by speaking to them I can pick them out I'm like you're going to be kamikaze you're going to just <laughs> I'm going to have trouble with you going out the back in the first yeah. session but then you know the ones that are just just dropping those little hints as you're going down to the water, mm. like, oh, are you okay? Where are you from? Just opening that conversation, you know. We still, we're only going to be in waist deep water to start the sessions. Those, just dropping those little things in so they just get a bit more confident, a bit more confident. A bit. And then by the time they hit the water, they've at least got that armory to kind of go, right, I'm safe. I feel yeah. safe. My coach yeah, yeah, yeah. has done what he needs to do. You know, obviously thinking that, but they just, it's sort of that second, that automatic response of fear is gone yeah. like they're in control of their actions and they mm-hmm. they feel like they're in a safe environment yeah I get that yeah, I get yeah. That. what well, about people that use uh, humour as a defence <laughs> got two of them over here <laughs> I usually just ignore them yeah <laughs> you got two of them over here I think both of us do that <laughs> quick bit of humour in there no one's going to ask you any personal questions move along <laughs> well you know we all obviously had a surf today which was mega fun I had a great session and uh, I yeah. wonder if we were your clientele and you were coaching and being I mean, that was the first time we had met what would the sort of advice or what, what were the pickups and be honest about Pete what were the pickups that you, you had in the water with us two you, if you were then thinking right I'm going to work with these two what, what is your sort of thought process well in, in a technical or in a psychological technical and psychological so forget I, the surf bit because we, there's no help there <laughs> <laughs> that's done I coach you in exactly the same way as I'm speaking to you right now like there'd be no difference it wouldn't mm-hmm. be it'd be pretty easy going pretty relaxed laid back but hopefully like if say I called you back in on and we went through some analysis on video or whatever, you would engage and it'd be small engagements of like five minutes because yeah. I know that you like chatting, you like having a laugh, you like you good big personalities. But then there's also part of me that would be like, we gotta get, we need to get something out of this. You've just given mm. me money to p- coach you, so we're gonna get something out of this five minutes. Yeah. Just man- managing increments. Yeah. Maybe you're not gonna stand there for twenty minutes like Logan would and detail and draw like. You know, yeah. angles of where he could be taken off for his Yeah, he'd be gone after five and that. Exactly like, that. <laughs> so it's my knowing you like just out. from me yeah. to today. Yeah. yeah. Like five minutes. You know, like like back in school when you've got yeah. that kid that just can't sit still and wants to do something <laughs> after five minutes. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's no way I've completely got undiagnosed ADHD. There's no way at all. <laughs> <laughs> and Logan, what do you get yeah. from it? Have you had that kind of the counselling side before as a surfer? It's with Mike more, <laughs> like yeah. just our chats that we have, you know. And like I do find it pretty, pretty helpful because like a lot of downfalls when you get to like a certain level, everyone's quite similar, mm-hmm. and it is just how you're feeling in that twenty minutes as to how you're performing. Yeah. So rather than some people's goals will be, oh, I just I want to go and have a good surf, I want to be able to trim. Whereas mm-hmm. mine is a lot more like I need to perform in this twenty minutes. The whole build up to my whole week before yeah. affects that my mindset before. Have I got things going on? So. Mm. For me, like having someone like Mike, like he's been to contests with me and like having almost like a soundboard yeah. from a competitive side to bounce off, which Mike is for me. Yeah. Um, that's that's the biggest thing I take away. So just someone who's like asking me how I'm feeling, mm. get, getting me to focus when he can tell I'm drifting off. So someone who can read you quite well. Yeah. Um, and that's what I, I value I from that side. ask you a question on that. So like when I go into the water to surf... Like, if I've got anything on my mind, as soon as I'm in the water, it all disappears. Like, it's just gone completely, and I'm just in the moment. So that's completely different for you. You're always thinking about... 
while you're in the water, you're always thinking about what you can do better, what you can improve on, what you need to be doing. Yeah, and the more like I'm getting aware of like my mind, like today actually, I was actually thinking it in our surf. I had quite a busy mind while we were surfing. Mm. I wasn't quite focused on like, well, normally I'd have like a very specific focus, but we were all surfing together. The Drake album was coming out. <laughs> oh, there, there it is. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> but you know what? I, I just had other thoughts that I was I was kind of aware of, and I that kind of practice of like mindfulness. I do try and do it a bit, and just acknowledge that I'm thinking of mm. the stuff, and then try and bring my focus back to yeah. what I'm doing. But um, what I found was I used to go surfing, and all I'd think about, and you probably have this, like all I would think about is just surfing. But now I find. When I'm in the surf, like my mind does drift sometimes. When I'm on a wave, that's all you're thinking about is on that wave. Yeah. But I do find sometimes I will sit at the back and just think of other stuff. Yeah. Well, I suppose it doesn't matter because ninety percent of the time out there, you're on a fucking wave. <laughs> 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 I say like these. Two, so I said like you can tell a difference. Like I'd say I'd say Mitch says he's an average surfer. I'd say he's quite good, and I'd say Logan's a fucking brilliant surfer. The difference, both of them getting on the same wave. Well, you don't snake. Mitch's Mitch's paddle was, I'd say. 90% more paddling than Logan put in to get on the same wave yeah. and I said that's uh, that is a major difference and then as soon as they're up like I said you can see he's like he sets himself before he starts doing anything he's like setting like so I'd say uh, like some surfers up and they're trying to do something straight away mm. they're like trying to turn before they're even properly up or something like that but watching him surf, he's like set himself, and he's not moved out of that position before. It looks more or less like if I was if I was in your head, I'd say it looked like you'd got right. I'm set. What am I going to do? What's the wave doing? And then you've planned the route that you're going to take. Yeah. As as it's coming, like where is in my head? As soon as I'm up on a wave, I'm like, what do I want to do? Do I want to cross step? Do I want a bottom turn? Do I want a top turn? What 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 should I do? Uh, uh, nothing. Too late. Oh, uh, bang! Like that. <laughs> yeah. Where it looks as by looking at you and the way you surfed, it looked like you're sort of move. You're moving with the wave, not against the wave, and your your movements are doing what the wave is doing, not what you want to do. Well, essentially, you're searching for the bit of the wave to do whatever you know that wave will allow you to do, whereas I'm just like, fuck, I need to try and do something because I'm on my feet. Yeah. I think it's the difference. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that is actually, like, whilst it looks like a physical thing, it looks like I'm paddling less than Mitch or I'm a bit more relaxed on the wave. It's actually, and I don't know what you would think about this and what you see with people learning and at different stages in their like surfing but that's a total that's all mental it's just being relaxed I've been in that moment before and I think that's probably and whether you'd agree you can tell me that's the biggest barrier is getting people comfortable in a position they've Mm. been in before they're not worried about their pop up because they've done it before and they're going down that wave is that the biggest well, that, that was sort yeah. of leading on to the next question was going to be that like so yeah. seeing that and seeing a difference in like obviously your new group and then coaching someone like Logan yeah. how do you put that in, how do you put that into place with that those bar- like those barriers that the barriers that he had would be different to the barriers that I have yeah the barriers well, that I that same yeah wave as an example so we were on that same wave and we could talk all day and That's say my fault as well. Sorry, <laughs> we, we could say it was a possessioning error, but actually it's not. Whilst I've got no doubt you'll read waves a lot better than me, like I can still read a wave. But the thing that I am aware of 
in my own ability is that I can't take off when it's steeper because I'm a pop-up. So yeah. whilst that might be the right place for most surfers, I need it to be a bit of a softer sort of slope and take off so I can get yeah. it to my feet. So yeah, that means I'm going to miss more waves. But the, psycholo- the psychology clearly changes. And also for you, you're just thinking about what you're going to do in the wave, I would imagine. Whereas for me, probably 90% of the work is just getting to my feet yeah. in the first yeah. place. And anything else after that's a bonus. Yeah. So it's just that different <clears throat> needs and wants, I guess, is the... The surfer. I think it comes back to psychology as well. This is completely anecdotal. I've not done any research or read, read any studies. There probably aren't studies on it. But surfing is one of those things where your automatic reactions take over a lot of the time. When you're a beginner into an intermediate especially. Yeah. So when you get beginners and they pop up on a board for the first time, the first thing they do is stand up straight. Second thing they do is put their arms out like this. What do you do when you slip? You slip. Yeah. You do... Yeah. So the brain is like you're on an unstable surface, you're gonna fall, put your hands out. That's mm. the worst thing you can do because your hands need to be over the rails. Your chest needs to be facing the direction you want to go. So coming back to that point of Logan is in that stage of his surfing where everything is controlled. Yeah. His brain is comfortable in being in a barrel. His brain is comfortable in hitting the lip on a six foot wave. Fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's got that muscle mind body connection. Whereas a beginner intermediate hasn't yet. So a beginner on their pop-up, that mind-body, brain-body connection is not yeah. there. And as an intermediate doing a cutback for the first time, you stand up straight, you wobble, you fall yeah, off. Right. So those automatic reactions, when you're in the water, the more, the more you can get in the water, like we talk about training on land, training in the water. If you're not in the water, you're not improving as a surfer. Yeah. There's no, you can't go in the gym and then expect to be able to do a top turn in three weeks. It just doesn't, yeah. you've got to be in the water. But for me, the, the importance of being in the water is down to that brain-body connection. Mm-hmm. And that's just my theory. It's, yeah. it's not... Logan would agree, but it'd be brain-body-Drake connection. <laughs> 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 I've never yeah. seen anyone so excited for a new album to I drop. On that thing, then. So, we're lucky, are we? We live in South Wales. We get to surf all the time. Yeah. Scotland, Western Supermare, don't have as much access. What can people do improve their brain-body connection? Because I've got a few things that I do, but what would you say, like, what's the best things people can do if they're sitting in Bristol going, why well, can't surf every day, so how do I get... Yeah, putting yourself in those positions, so I'm not saying, like, you need to, you know, get towels out and get balance boards and all this sort of stuff, but if you skate, if you've got a carver, mm-hmm. like, putting yourself in those positions where you're pumping, you're in control of your arms, you're in control of your compression, your extension, just repetitive movement. It's like the gym, like, if, if you're first time doing a clean, mm-hmm it's a bit disjointed and you know the hips don't come quite fully through you don't fully extend you don't get under the bar whatever it might be and you do it for three weeks in a row and all of a sudden it's like oh you show the video from day one you show the video from week three and it's a completely different movement so like visualization then yeah visualization pretty sure there is some research on visualization as well actually where you can like I think it's been um, taken out of context in a lot of ways right Um, but they did some studies on um visualization of finger strength and the strength in people's fingers increased just through visualization i've seen that yeah but that's now been taken out of context and people have said on podcasts quite the kind of highly educated people that you can increase muscle mass by just visualizing it so there, there was i'm not saying that i'm not saying that there, there was a study wasn't there that the um oh, what was the study i'm sure it was that if you visualize doing the exercises 
and they say so they took two groups of people. One people didn't do the ex. One group didn't do the exercises. One group visualized them doing the exercises, yeah. and when they came to doing it, the group that visualized themselves doing the exercises could lift more weight than the people who hadn't. Yeah. There's a lot of variables that go into these studies as well. I mean, what have they eaten before they train? What have so there's loads of stuff. But yeah. there seems to be some mm. sort of benefit to visualization drills. Yeah. Um, but I would say doing it is like the main thing. You know, if you do the visualization, but then get it on a carver, yeah, yeah. great. You know, so you that's that's great. But a carver's not going to help me longboard. No, true. I'm going to see another coach, mate. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, you don't need a surf coach. I'll stay in my lane, but yeah. <laughs> You've seen me trying to cross that. You always interested about that visualization thing. Having two groups that would, one group know they, for two weeks, whatever the time period is, they have to visualize, and the other group know they can't visualize. If you've been told for two weeks you can't visualise doing this thing we're about to test, surely all you're going to do, how can you stop yourself visualising it? (laughs) uh, They'll probably do it by not telling the other groups anything about visualisation or not. Then So what what am I doing for the next two weeks? (laughs) Just just eating and sleeping and doing normal life and stuff. But then, like, seeking out coaching is now way more accepted. So I'm guessing for Mm. those people who are living in Bristol... If you can go and have a really productive session with a coach once every two weeks, it's probably better than surfing every single day and not getting in, you know, yeah. all the time. So I'm guessing just like uh, focus practice is like yeah. an important thing. Like I get that's what you must see when yeah. you come down. And seeing yourself on video, like seeing yourself on video always warm people. It's humbling because oh, you yeah. think you're doing certain things oh, totally, in the water. Yeah, We're all horrible. guilty of it, even to his level, you know. Yeah, it is humbling, but if you can just get used to it, yeah, um, it's it's massively like, yeah. Well, impactful. the problem is, I think, when you see yourself, some like, people like seeing themselves too much on video. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Logan, <laughs> <laughs> all he's doing is getting his phone out all day, making TikToks, <laughs> comfortable now. All these podcasts. No, but the problem is, you know, and this is a good example. We've got a WSL event on behind us or behind you too. I'm, I'm yeah. just watching it, <laughs> um, but when you watch. When you see yourself surfing on a video, like subconsciously, all you've ever seen when you've watched surfing is properly good surfing. Yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. So suddenly when you see it on film, you kind of, I guess, at a subconscious level, expect to see that. Yeah, and then like it's default. like, in your head, yeah. you're like, oh my, I've done so many tons. And then you see back and you just went, right. And nothing <laughs> yeah. happened to that. I, I always find, like, longboard, where you put the GoPro on the front of the longboard, because you're always going to me, you've got to get footage, you've got to get footage. <laughs> like that so I've got the GoPro on the front and I'm like it just looks like I'm always going straight yeah it just looks like I go straight and like even like sometimes you know I know that wave I was going down the line it just looks like I'm going straight and it's it just does your head in it's it's your expectation though yeah that's what we we talk about it with my surfing and like we spoke about the other day Mm. when you go in with an expectation you always have a shit surf don't you when you go in expecting to practice something Mm. it never happens so it's like managing that expectation and then coming out of the water and going, how big did I think those waves were? Or you yeah. know, how big was my turn? You know, yeah. Just like under- understanding that it's like a process and not taking For sure. So a good friend of mine, in front of the show, Sebai, runs a surf skate academy, Uruguayan, incredible surfer. He, I remember, you know, he's, he's always giving me feedback and he mentioned about don't for once don't go in the water, don't have an expectation, don't set a goal because I set like you, I, I always have a goal. 
He said, just catch a wave and go with it and see what happens. And mm. honestly, I don't think I've, it's not that I surf better, but I surf free, if that makes sense. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh my God, I need to try and do a turn or something immediately. It was just like, enjoy the moment. Yeah. And if something presents itself down the line, then fucking hit it, smash yeah. it. I think often around here as well, talk to the improver stuff we do down at Pathcall Surf School. And um, around here, having that realistic goal mm-hmm. so the specific goal for that session for those conditions so today like my goal today is do one turn yeah because the conditions were pretty poor yeah. try and build a bit of speed try and do a turn fell on every end section today just one of those days but if i went in there and said right i'm going to do a cut back into trying to hit the lip into a finishing turn it's just not going to happen yeah. for me logan could set that goal today but for me it's not going to happen mm. for improver going in in five foot onshore rest bay what are you working on? Pop-up speed. Yeah. Because you're not going to get out the back. You're going to yeah. smash the smithereens. You're not going to ride across the wave unless you're very lucky and get a little peeler on the inside. Mm-hmm. So pop-up speed. Speed of movement, head up, hips low. That's your goal for the session. Yeah. You know? So it just depends on the conditions and it depends why you set yourself. Because yeah. if you set yourself the wrong goals for the wrong conditions, then you're just going to come out disillusioned and frustrated. For sure. And and to be fair, you probably would have got that sequence completed if on both the better waves that came through for you, <laughs> I wasn't just paddling back in front of you from my waves. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I saw you, we made eye contact. I was like, please pull off. And you're literally <laughs> going to chop me in three. <laughs> and you, uh, you deal with the nutrition side of it as well, don't you? As well as, is that part of the program? Yeah, so it's part of adapt coaching. Um, but it's my wife that actually takes that part on. She's just studying her master's now in nutrition. Yeah. Um, but she's done her other qualifications. She did a degree and um, I always forget that lo- it's such a long name, her degree. <laughs> I thought you were going to say her name. It was such a long name. I just call her Dave. Obviously, we take the um, nutrition so seriously. Where did we go for lunch straight after a surf or yeah, breakfast? Literally a restaurant called The Greedy Pig. When I was <laughs> <laughs> and Logan, you had what? Yeah. Uh, yeah but um so yeah she takes on that side of things um i got a little bit i got some quals in nutrition but i'm not a nutritionist you know i just do it as a i've always been into nutrition from god probably from first going to the gym when i was 18 so what would you say like like any because we always get asked people always asking good uh places like good things to eat after surfs or before surfs we get that question so many yeah. times so for me, like you just don't want a heavy, heavy meal before you, especially fats and proteins. Fats and proteins are a lot harder to break down. They don't store as well in the body. So your kind of high carbohydrate foods would be a lot better. Some simple carbohydrates, you know, maybe some oats an hour before with a, some raisins, some blueberries, and then after like a banana, and then have your carb, mm-hmm. your higher sort of protein and fats then after. Um, carb, protein, and some veg afterwards, and then later on have your yeah. fats. And, All right, then. And kind of Pump it in rest bay. Yeah. How to go in? It's, you're gonna have a three-hour surf. Exactly what you eating before, and what you eating after. Give me what you what are you doing. Give me timings. <laughs> it's, it's a morning start. Yeah, okay, so start. I I fast in the morning, so I don't eat anything um, until after my surf. So I, I didn't eat okay. until after right. the surf this morning. Yeah. I just find is that when you came out with that. Dustbin of food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my first meal is like a thousand, twelve hundred calories. Or oh, whatever. that was that big box of sugar puffs you had. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, Jen. Honestly. <laughs> um, so I'll tell you exactly what I eat like day to day because it's exactly the same, apart from an evening meal. So mm-hmm. I get up in the morning, surf or train, 
And after that, then I'll have my oats, uh, blueberries, raisins, bit of protein powder. Following that, I'll have four eggs, kale, avocado, tomatoes. Okay. Then my lunch will be um, some pecans and macadamias with some quark. And then a meal, so it'll be usually something like chicken, um, some sweet potato, a bit of okay. veg or whatever. And then my evening meal will be the the lunches and then next day is from the evening night before so my wife cooks that so it's right, usually okay. like a protein source some sort of uh high gi uh, low gi carbohydrate and then uh, some veg and there's a, there's a bit of a i think a, a mindset issue certainly in the uk when it comes to healthy eating because i think the problem is we refer to somebody that eats healthy as, oh, you're on a diet. Yeah, what is actually, yeah. that's such the wrong mindset because it's, that, that kind of suggests that the shitty fast foods are the normal thing to eat, whereas kind of what you're suggesting should be more normal. And it's not, well, he's following a fad because you're doing that. It's not, you're not on a diet. No. You're eating healthy. Just eating well, yeah. Eating healthy. And some, some people think it's far too expensive to eat healthy as well, <laughs> don't they? I'm sure we had a conversation about this yeah. earlier. And, uh, well, I think though, a lot of people listening would that would be their go-to yeah, thing for sure, would, I mean, and yeah. i still i still 100%. think that until I, maybe i'll pay attention a little bit more so maybe explain why you say it's not expensive to yeah like i i, I we had a quick chat earlier about it you know you, you go to tesco the other supermarkets that are available but you go to <laughs> like a Morrison's, supermarket. for example <laughs> sainsbury's <laughs> not wait for us if you go to little you could also get yourself a uh, stand-up paddleboard <laughs> 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 three quid <laughs> <laughs> they sink <laughs> but yeah um so you go so veg is not expensive right like let's get that out of the way straight away and avocados you could say like uh, Obviously, we can have the people now who go, oh, you eat avocados, they're from California and all that. But they're there. The, pe- the supermarkets import them. Like, they're there. Fruit is not expensive. Like, especially, uh, we find in my steak, if you go to your local fruit store, fruit and veg store, it's a lot cheaper as well. Take your own bag, okay. like, fill it up with that. Yeah. And then we'll usually get our meat from the abattoir in my steak, so uh, where, where I'm from. Probably, like, 30, 40 quid a week on kind of the protein sources. Okay. And our shop, so our weekly shop for two of us is usually between 120, 130 quid. And that's every single meal, every day. So for us, that's £60 each. It's not a lot of money to feed two people if you're obviously four people. And we eat, I eat like three and a half thousand calories. Jen and my wife, she eats quite well as well. Mm -hmm. She trains and likes to look after herself. So, you know, I would say that's a reasonable budget. Probably on the low side, really, when you think about it. Um, but we would talk like a bag of nuts. People go up there and they go, oh, pecans, they're like £5.50 for a bag. But then you look at the density of the calories and the fats in them. Mm-hmm. You only have to have 20 grams to kind of hit. I, knows I think calories. people look at that, though, will look at like a bag of pecans, like a bag of crisps. Yeah. And go like, do you know what, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you're right. And exactly. go like, yeah. well, I'm going to eat them like, because exactly. I'm, eat, I'm eating nuts, I'm going to eat it like I eat a bag of crisps. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you've ever tried eating a bag of nuts like you eat a bag of crisps. It doesn't hurt and you lose <laughs> teeth always, very yeah. quickly like that. Ah, <laughs> oh, what was that? Was that tough or a nut? <laughs> but then you start educating people on where you can add those two. So mm-hmm. they, 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 you just add those to, like, say, some Greek yogurt, some blueberries, a couple of raisins in there. Some yeah. You've got a meal. Yeah. Like, you've got a really healthy, good snack. Put a banana on top. Boom. There's your pre mm-hmm. kind of post workout or post. A bit custard, some sugar. No, leave that there. <laughs> 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 and that's the thing that the meals cake. don't sound actually that complicated, which is, again, we spoke about this earlier, but 
I always found if I was trying to cook stuff from cookbooks that I had to climb a Himalayan mountain in the dark yeah. like to find you know a bit of saffron that had been blessed by a Tibetan yeah. monk <laughs> like yeah. come on like what can I not just buy this it's overwhelming then, really. yeah. it's like, yeah it's just no so that's what we the way we try and work is make it as simple as possible mm-hmm. educate people in in a way that they can not understand because that sounds patronising but in the way that they can implement it yeah not go oh, this cookbook's great and then like you said you've got a pantry list of these spices they don't yeah. even sell them I stick you have to go to Cardiff and get them <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's a serious <laughs> point you know you go to some supermarkets in cities and you've got all the stuff mm-hmm. available I worked yeah. up in London during Covid and it's like wow like, yeah what you can get anything you want you live in a town up in the valley you've got your Tesco basic stuff and Tesco and Bridgend has got way more stuff you know yeah, they right. just send all the stuff <laughs> they can't sell <laughs> yeah. it does feel a bit like that yeah. but then it's about get Logan to pick it up on his way to uh, oh yeah training. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, that, that, we should also mention that fact in earlier yes. that said Logan's <clears throat> Logan's answer to it oh he- this healthy eating's easy well my mum cooks my meals for me but this is easy <laughs> she's told me it's easy <laughs> but the, yeah the way that Jenna Mike's wife laid it out is pretty nice and like having it simple like for, for me the, the simpler the better that's with my training plan mm-hmm. that's with the nutrition like for me to log it as well it's just like set meals that I, my mum knows she can make I know that yeah. I, can it. I can just log super easy and like you know when I do have to cook it's not rocket science it, yeah. is, it is actually more simple than I thought because when Mike first suggested like looking at my nutrition which was a big point because yeah. he was watching me in the surf school eat biscuits after surf stuff, <laughs> you know Giving them the eyes. Yeah. <laughs> do you know? Uh, do you know the thing? That, the funny thing about it is, like, I think we all because you don't act like a younger, like you don't act like a younger kid. You act like someone who's a lot older. And I think that's why it's so funny when you when you said like, oh yeah, my mum cooks it for me and everything. I'm like, yeah, but you're like forty. What's wrong with you? you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I'd say it'd be simple for anyone. It's it's the next step to buying microwave meals. Is the way Jen has laid it out for me and, and any tweaks I want it's just into the app so I'd say there is a there is definitely a value I always knew there's a value in getting a workout plan but I wasn't quite sure about the nutrition plan but mm. it's, it's made all the difference has it's it made a massive difference to you your, has it made a big difference to your surfing uh, um, probably but my energy levels throughout the day yeah. I didn't realise how many dips and mm-hmm. you know, tr- troughs and peaks I was going through throughout the day until I started eating properly cutting out the snacks right almost I, I, I kind of don't really snack anymore. Mm-hmm. I just have that extra meal, so I'll, I'll have, I'll make my own. I actually make my own too. Oh well, well, oh, done. well done! Well done! After mate. He finished his oh, look how fucking proud he looked of <laughs> himself. After so yeah. you put oats in a bowl, basically, and put <laughs> water or milk with it, or whatever you have with it. Does yeah. that after he does his colour and then with the crayons? <laughs> 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 My dad's the same. We, we all get this for, but yeah. Um, so just adding that extra meal, it just keeps me at a steady pace allows me to perform lets me surf twice a day and then go to the gym so it's yeah. more maybe I'm not feeling like I'm doing my top turn way better but my day is improved my alertness throughout the day mm-hmm. that's you, it. can that's you can you difference. feel like you can stay in the surf longer or you could go in more times yeah well, yeah just just like my energy levels I'm not dragging myself in for a surf I'm not dragging myself to the gym and like feeling tired mm. I'm I'm at a, a consistent level throughout the day yeah. and waking up in the morning is almost like become a lot easier because I'm not waking up hungry and things yeah. like that so um, it was very tailored to me I'm probably a little bit different in terms of I, I need to hit a calorie target I lose weight quite easily so like maintaining my weight is quite like yeah. an important part for me which is nice um, 
but also a challenge because I, I was just not eating enough, you know, so... Yeah. Um, Eating's a funny one. I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. I can't remember if we spoke about this in the show before or not, but um, I, I think it was during Storm Arwen. I went and done a survival course when I was still in the army and I only done it because it was in Yuki and I could surf. It's <laughs> the only reason I've done it. <laughs> Genuinely true. But for the week, you could only eat what you found and killed apart and then you've got like your sort of air crew rations which is just like a little tin of boiled sweets mm. and that's it and you've got like 24 of them and I'd worked out like I could have like X amount a day for so long and it took me like three days before I even remembered I had them I was like oh, I've not even had them and I'm one of them probably like a lot of people who I don't know just be walking past the kitchen go in the kitchen open the fridge why I'm not hungry and I kind of yeah. realized that week and it's good to get a, a visualization realization of what you do um and I think I'm only in the fridge for something to do. I'm not even hungry. Yeah, yeah. So for about a month after that, I kind of, because I was so aware, I stopped just going to the fridge or the cupboard because it was something to do. And I'm like, I'm not hungry. I became super aware and then it, it moved on back to normal quite quick. <laughs> but that's that's probably quite a big factor for people, don't they? Mm. And not snacking because you're hungry. It just It's almost that. Habit. Habit, yeah, habit. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. also think with what interesting I was thinking then, like I, I know a lot of people that have said like, it's so difficult to like start the training or get into the training in the gym. And that's probably due to like what he was, maybe people should think of like, do the healthy eating first for a week or two or a month or whatever, and then start because you'll have that energy, that more yeah. energy and everything like that. Because you know, you, like people are often they'll try and change too many things at the same time and either fail at all of it. But whereas you've said with that training and eating, you were noticing your levels, energy levels weren't dipping as much and yeah, stuff like that. Like a, a tailored approach. Like I, ca- I cannot stress how much not just going online and googling something because you'll you'll find a diet that doesn't work for you like i was surprised how little of a change i had to make in my diet it was just cleaning up a couple you know parts of my meals and adding a meal so i didn't snack just one burger at mcdonald's and stuff (laughs) but so it's that and then also like the training side i think people you don't have to train to get ripped you know that's not what we're training for that's not what you need to train for as a surfer it's easy to say when you're ripped isn't it (laughs) (laughs) but but, you know like people look at the gym they go oh it's just just for bodybuilding whereas like i train with mike and most of my training is mobility to help me move better and you feel i don't leave the gym feeling battered every time i leave the gym feeling good like i can Mm -hmm. go for a surf so it's those preconceived you know notions that i'm sure you test to that's what people think yeah for sure there's a couple of things like to point out about what we've all said really, like when you're saying about the training you know you don't train to get ripped but if you train to be healthy you'll be lean yeah if you train to get lean you're not necessarily going to be healthy because you can restrict your calories to a thousand a day yeah and you get lean mm-hmm. but you ain't going to be healthy <laughs> <laughs> if you train to be healthy <laughs> looking good and your diet's good you become lean anyway yeah so it's, it is that mindset and it takes it takes coaching i think for to get to that mindset yeah. and it takes experience yeah. I wasn't I was you know a gym goer from my stage wanted to get lean wanted big biceps wanted as a rugby player I just wanted to be big and powerful yeah um, and then I was like right that's gone mm-hmm. so let's reassess let's work towards the longevity moving as well as I can for as yeah. long as I can and I'm probably in better shape now than I was when I was 27 I finished playing rugby yeah because of that mindset of just trained to be healthy don't train to be lean and I've got to I've been able to see that like I've been fortunate enough you know we've all trained with Alan before and you know somebody who I've always been around fitness I've been in the army for 22 years I have been in the army for 22 years and not that that was by any way shape tailored to surfing or anything 
but you know, just doing fitness is fitness, right? Yeah. So I'd always think of myself as super fit, more running, carrying weight, that sort of stuff, and just that sort of mule be able to keep going on. But I always struggled with my surf fitness. I started training with Alan. Surf fitness was amazing, but then I stopped doing the normal sort of training I would do for, for being a soldier. But well, we spoke about it earlier. Like I had, didn't yeah. run for six months, and I got into this psychological thing of, oh, shit, if I don't run sub-seven-minute miles, I'm not, I don't want to go for a run. It took me six months to go for a run. and done no running, ran the fastest run I'd ever done, and I wasn't obviously training. I'd done no CV with Alan. It was all you know, surf strength coach training. But that additional effect, that secondary effect, like improved all of that so much. So to get that insight, and it, it just goes to show doing the right training, it does benefit everything, specific to some stuff, but it does benefit everything. Yeah. And it's devastating looking back and being like, that's where I was, and now it's where I'm at. <laughs> it's the worst I thing. I might try running then, because I haven't run for six years. I'd be like, <laughs> breaking a four-minute mile. <laughs> but what would you say then, like, for surf training, if people want, so, so people are out there, I know we've got a lot of people listening that can't get to the beach all the time or it's too far to get to the ocean or the waves not an option for them because it's too expensive or they can't get there what is some sort of maybe home things people can do to improve and help their surf strength their paddle strength for when they yeah. get back in the water so it's a tough one to just kind of generalize the whole population mm-hmm. in in that but for me so i'll just give an example on how i train logan um Obviously, his movement patterns are very, very good. He's got a gymnastics background when he was younger, mixed martial arts. So he moves really well. So I can program quite high intensity, quite difficult movements. But my, my philosophy is just work on a squat, a hinge, a pull-up, a pull, and a push to start off with, and a lunge. Sorry. Mm-hmm. So you've got five movements and integrate those. In, and they can be bodyweight movements. Yeah. So you can look at reverse lunges, push-ups, pull-ups, um, a good morning, so you're hinging from the hips. Those... those basic movements, wherever you're going to do them, whether it be at home, in the gym, put those in there. Secondary to that is high-intensity conditioning and then your zone two conditioning. Try and get those two sessions in a week. So high-intensity is, is max. Yeah. So you're looking at interval training, but not when we say max, a lot of people think they work at max like three or four times a week. Logan will tell you a max interval on an assault bike, you can't breathe. Like it's 10 mm-hmm. seconds of absolute up, out. So your yeah. body's getting used to just getting rid of that lactic. You're doing the conditioning, there's the sort of aerobic conditioning around that. That system is then complementing the other system. So I won't go into technical details about that, but that's I think that's the biggest change you found in is it always lifted, but the conditioning mm-hmm. side of things is has sort of benefited you. So yeah, and I enjoy it and I, like I definitely enjoy I was just like I, I know my strengths. I know I'm pretty fast and explosive, but yeah. I used to hate conditioning. I was like, no one more. I hated running didn't like any sort of like cardio but yeah and obviously that's thanks to the way you've programmed you know you you know what i'm like and you know what i like um but yeah i've that, that's the biggest difference is the is enjoying the conditioning yeah, and doing it yeah. and it being a regular thing in yeah yeah but none of that's been able to help Logan want to go left. No. <laughs> I did notice that today. I was like, oh, there's a banging left coming. Why is Logan sat still? <laughs> yeah. I feel like I didn't fully answer your question there um, with regards to like anybody at home. But for me, like the biggest thing is don't look at Instagram. Don't just scroll through Instagram because 
we, we're guilty, I think, as a society. I'm, I'm going to speak from my perspective, sorry. I, I can't speak for everybody in society, but from my perspective... Go on, you can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where's my stick? <laughs> speak for the human race, Gandalf. Speak away. For me, I, I've been guilty in the past of looking at something and wanting to be at the end point mm-hmm. before doing the work to get there. Right. Not st- So it's like, oh, and then not starting... Because you think, oh, well, that's where I need to be. I'm not there, so I just won't start it. And I didn't know that at the time, but looking back when you're younger, you know, when you, you maybe not, not as mature. So for somebody who's sitting at home now, wants to just start a train because they come down every fourth weekend to mm-hmm. surf, if you're not doing anything, <laughs> go for a walk three times a week. Like, get out and do a two or three mile walk three times yeah. a week, and, and you will 100% start to feel better. Once you've got that in your routine... Maybe increase that to a jog. Maybe increase if you like gyms and know everybody. Not everybody does. Yeah, get on a bike in the gym. You know, just get yourself in there gradually. Don't think, oh, I've seen this um, mobility program online where they do lateral lunges with a kettlebell over their head, and then they're doing trunk work where they rotate it with a, like. Don't just ignore it all. Yeah, because it takes a lot of practice and a lot of time. And I think sometimes we don't give these people the credit they deserve that yeah. they move like that. These people have been training for 20 odd years to get to that level, mm-hmm. but then they put it on Instagram because they're not going to put the 10 years before no. where they're doing a push up and struggling to get off the floor. They're going to put the most engaging content on there. And then have you get, been on our Instagram page? <laughs> <laughs> shit surfing that's on there. <laughs> but do you get what I mean? And no, no, I, I think get people it, yeah. can get um, caught up in all that and then they're like oh i don't even know where to start i actually think that was one of the the amazing things that that alan was doing at the start and i think it was one of the driving factors as to why he wanted to do what he was doing was that very reason it was there's so many people out there given given this advice you could call it unsolicited advice but they're doing it publicly because they've got a platform and if you don't know anything about training or the sport you're trying to train for it's so easy to be impressioned by somebody that talks well or or talks aggressively enough to be like oh that sounds credible because they're saying it really loudly and but actually they might be talking utter crap to sell you a program or a product or whatever it is it's easy to go down that route isn't it yeah it's nice that people are actually like well actually that's a bit rubbish let's actually break this down because i understand so much more through the training that we've done previously yeah um, than i ever did understanding Things like the training you do doesn't have to replicate the sport, which I think is a bit of a common misconception as well. It doesn't have to. If it's cycling, you don't have to just be on a bike. Yes, that's one level of the training, but that's not all of it. There's so much better or or, or stuff that can progress you more so. Um, You kind of agree with it? Yeah, for sure. 100%. Like we... Like Logan said earlier, you train. He trains in the gym. He doesn't come out there feeling absolutely blasted. Mm-hmm. He can go for a surf after, so it's, it's four, maybe five sessions a week if the surf's a bit flat. Yeah, but they're varied. And how long are you in the gym for? Hour, pretty yeah, much hour, an hour. hour, hour oh, is it? Max. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Like, yeah. Can we kind of shorten down just because, like, of my feedback? I was like, I don't want to be in there for two hours every time, you know. Yeah. And um, I prefer them that way. Yeah. Some people love that time in the gym just to switch off. Mm-hmm. But I just like going in, getting done, and then. Yeah. 
I can't stop thinking that I want to have a go on that bike where you can't breathe afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it just it sounds appealing to me. I, like, I want to try that. I love that feeling. You know when you've done something, you've worked out or you've exercised so hard that you cannot breathe? Yeah. I kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's like I kind of like when I go under the water and I just give, give up. up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My brain's trying to tell me something. Yeah, totally, yeah. <laughs> My brain's like that. Do what? it, do it. <laughs> I wanted to come back a little bit um, just in regards to Logan's training because we've obviously me and you have spent quite a bit of time now in the water mm. chatting and stuff and, and, and especially I've been with you at competitions as well and, and one thing that I've picked up on I think probably more than and I hope you don't mind me saying but more than any other surfers I've spent time with competitive surfers I think you get in your head more than other people that I've seen surfing competitively mm. I don't know if that's right but if that is right is that a hard thing to to work round or help if, if, I'm assuming that's even the case. If it's not, just tell me, shut up. <laughs> no, yeah, for sure. Like, I think, because um, I'm pretty, like, I, I'm on social media and, like, you know me pretty well. Mm. Like, you definitely see that side of myself. But it's something, it's the biggest thing that all the boys, when we go away, everyone struggles with those nerves or yeah. whatever it may be. You're questioning your equipment. You you know, like, literally, it's, it's actually, like, the, the kind of hidden thing that most... It's self-belief. Competitive. Um, I'm not really sure... What, where it comes from often it's like I know how hard I've worked for something and do you like, believe you're good enough to win uh, maybe not at that European level I probably don't have that like full belief whereas I'm getting to the point where I go to British contest and I go I'm here to win this contest and I know yeah. I can I can do it it's just me being on the right wave or, or whatever but then sometimes yeah I probably do lack a little bit of self see because I think everyone that's seen you surf not in maybe not in competitions, but seeing you surf just when you're surfing thinks fucking hell. Like like you could do like anything in surfing. And I think we like around this table, I, I'm not gonna actually I'm gonna speak for all of you. <laughs> so around, around this table, I think yeah, I think <laughs> shall not pass. <laughs> I think um that like we can all see it's that that thing you're good enough to do it there's something that's holding you back and like through conversations with you before and you've said like you know you start like thinking about things or overthinking what's going on and stuff like that like when we've seen you surf it's like fucking hell you can like this the waves the shit waves that were there today like when when you're going away from me and I'm seeing the bottom of your board up above the wave more than the top of your head, <laughs> there's something there that's yeah. like, Jesus, you know, like, he's good. And I think that's got to be down, it's got to be down to your own self-belief or something inside you. Yeah, no. Let's lie on the couch, come on, we'll get this out now, <laughs> we get it sorted. No, I appreciate that and, like, that, that means a lot, you know, but um, there's, there is that, but there's also, I'm against... A lot of guys who are doing this, you know, I'm pretty sure they're doing just as hard work as I am. You know, I'm, not, I'm, I understand. I work really hard. I surf a lot, mm-hmm. but there's also I know, I know it because my best mate does the exact same thing. He surfs yeah. just as much as me. He trains just as much as me. And like, I know there's a lot of other guys out there who are working hard. So sometimes, like, I might feel in the best mindset, and we've all been there. We're in the ocean. Yeah. And it just doesn't go your way. I probably do lack a little bit of self belief at times. Um, but sometimes I just like get in my own head or, you know, I just think oh, I've done this hard work yeah. now, I hope it pays off or oh, I don't want to fail because of everyone who's given me support yeah. and hmm. my sponsors and stuff. So that gets in my head for sure and that's something I'm working on managing. But 
Did you? What would you think, Mike? <laughs> the cameras, <laughs> you like to cut to that because as he's talking, me and Mike just went. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, before, before Mike answers that, I'm <clears> curious. Do you, when you free surf, do you free surf heats in your head, or do you? Do you separate the two? Or? I, I, se- I, de- I separate them personally. Yeah. I, I separate them. Because like in, a, in a heat, you're never... Oh, I very rarely am I thinking about my technique in a heat. It's more heat strategy then. Yeah, Whereas okay. Right, surf, yeah, I'm yeah. often thinking... I've got very specific things Mike knows like, that we're working on. So if I go in for a free surf, mm-hmm. I think... I look at the conditions, create an expectation and go... Like the other day, it was to work on my flow. We had a couple of things with some airs that I've been trying. Yeah. And that was really beneficial in that. Mm. Just that those two sessions was... Re- we made pretty good progress yeah um whereas the heat you're you've got different goals then yeah so i do personally i do separate them i've heard other people they just go in every single mm. surf and they they think they're in a heat but that's that's not who i am that's not yeah okay I, I wouldn't perform you, you can't surf every surf like a heat because that's no what would a heat be then? <laughs> so, yeah. well, go on. What would you say? i think we touched up on it in france didn't we like enough you, you you alluded i can't remember exactly the sentence you said but it was something about not letting people down um, and I sort of just reflected it back to him. Oh, who, mate? Like, who are you, who are you thinking about? And mm. he's like, oh, I said, you're here because you've worked hard to be here, yeah. and now it's your time to do what you want to do for yourself. If you don't want to do it for yourself, then, like, all good to you, go off and free surf and whatever. Yeah. But I know the kind of competitive character it is, but I also know that he holds... Um, he got a big heart in a way, like he holds that personal. I want to yeah. like do well for my sponsor, to do well for this person, do well for that, and that's great. But as an athlete at that level, I've I didn't have that. I had that what what you've got, but I let it take over. So I had I had, I was in the squad in the Ospreys with like Sir Alan Wynn and Ian Goff and all those. And Alan Wynn was an out and out competitive animal yeah. in training. You'd hate him. Like you come out to training sessions and go, what a knob, <laughs> like. But he's one of the best players that's ever come through Wills. Yeah. Because, and you don't have to be, you have the option to kind of, outside of that competitive environment then, great guy, you know, chat, whatever. But within that environment, I think you have to be quite ruthless yeah. in, in a way to get to that level without obviously keep the characteristics that Logan has mm-hmm. got and being a great guy and all that sort of stuff. But it's also very different in surfing compared to a team sport. Yeah. Like when I went to France, the reason I went out to France to follow the comps this year was to gain that experience of, right, how does surfing at this level compare mm-hmm. to a team sport that I've been involved in? Yeah. And it's like, it's worlds apart, you know, because it's an individual sport. Mm-hmm. But within that individual sport, you have pockets of teams, if that makes sense. Because yeah. you've got the British guys and you've got the Portuguese guys and the yeah. French guys and they all wanting each other to do well whilst also competing for themselves against yeah, each yeah. other. I found that dynamic like pretty crazy to try and think about how to manage that. Um, but then you've got the cost implications of if you travelled as a solo, a solo athlete, you're not going to stay in Airbnb on your own for six weeks. Yeah. It costs you thousands yeah, and thousands and thousands. Of po- not it's not possible. So there's things around that that maybe like, there's, there's opportunities to work with, but mm. um, that's just my own personal thoughts. I yeah. See. It's just something someone said to me years ago about a small town somewhere, and then uh, it just popped into my head. Is it surfing the competitions like everyone wishes you well, just not better than they're doing? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. It does get like that, but like my mentality and my kind of like mantras um, with the other boys, because we all obviously all travel as a team, is that their success 
has no bearing whatsoever. How well they do has no, unless they're in a heat with me. Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm not like buzzing for them to beat me in a heat. <laughs> but if they make a few more rounds than me, like yeah. Pat, you know, he, he often, he starts in a round ahead of me. So if I lose straight away, he's already done better. Mm-hmm. His success has absolutely no bearing on my performance or my achievement or yeah. anything to do with, my, with that. So just maturing and like trying to take a step back and understand why you're feeling certain feelings and that mm. it doesn't matter you, you can be happy for someone else and I'd hope that they would be happy for me we all kind of I, I like to think and we've had this discussion as, as all boys because you can't travel with people for months on end and have these heart, you know these, these yeah. feelings built up so we have discussed it and I just make sure that I detach my own performance from other people's performances and just be totally happy for them as yeah, friends for sure, if yeah. I wasn't even at the contest yeah. mm. and then I try and focus on my own yeah. performances myself and that's been an important thing otherwise like I went away to Europe you know, I had a couple of good contests before I left and mm-hmm. then I went to Europe didn't make a heat but I was still happy for my friends when you know no one did amazing but when they were doing alright I was buzzing for them because I just understand that my my bad performance or my good performance that I would hope to have isn't because they've made an extra heat than me or whatever so I just try and really separate the two. And that's helped me a lot personally handle that. Otherwise, yeah. I wouldn't be able to stay in it. Competitively, I wouldn't be able to stay with those boys because it does wind me up that I'm not making heats. But yeah. I have to make it not about them. Does that, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, no, for sure, yeah. I'm not suggesting for a minute, like, you know, you shouldn't support them or anything like that. But it's a bit like the nutrition thing. So energy and energy out. And, and it's the same psychologically. So if you're expending energy say like there's a couple of boys in the heat before you or whatever and I notice like the routine which we're going to kind of tweak with now and, and, and try and develop like a routine before heats yeah because if someone's in the heat just before you it's almost that it felt like to me there was that expectation from every other surfer to kind of just go and see how they're doing and yeah but then you've got a heat in like 25 minutes yourself half an hour mm-hmm. so it's about maybe in that scenario being right this is my time now energy needs to be on me yeah. I can't afford to expend that energy on other people because yeah. once that's gone, there's a trade-off to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we we had a it chat about yeah, that. What do you think? I, I heard something from um, Ben Skinner, which I found really interesting. Uh, and actually, it was one of them realization moments, and I instantly agreed. And a lot of in any sport, a lot of competitive athletes will will do what they can pre-heat comp whatever it is they're doing separate themselves from the world from the noise and everything else but ben you know they have headphones in listening to music getting in the zone ben just sits and watches the beach watches people surfing and actually because he's in tune with the environment he's not Mm. separating himself from the environment there's obviously a two-sided sort of knife edge thing there i don't know what your thoughts on are on either side of that yeah, like speaking for Ben, like because I went to the Euros, watched him win at the Euros, mm. and like when I was <clears throat> obviously I try and get as much information out of everyone. Sure, yeah. And uh, he's almost like a confrontational competitor, so like he loves, he loves when he's behind in the heat and he has to get an eight. He performs his best yeah. when he needs the score, um, and that's why I was talking to him about. He's just made the um, the WSL finals. Yeah, well. yeah, yeah. He was like that. Ah, this this setup is perfect for me because I perform best under pressure. Yeah, right. That's why he loves to be in the moment. He loves to have all those experiences, and I think everyone's different, aren't they? You know? Yeah, not like, totally. But that's how I've watched Ben be at contests, and I admire it because it's pretty cool to you know, in the face of pressure, he's like he rises to it. You know, whereas some people don't don't. No, do just managing like what your brain does. I think. Maybe you should try riding the same boards as he does. <laughs> <laughs> do you like? Do you have a longboard? Oh, I had to go with my dad's the other day. That's Did you? Funny. I, I can like. Can you can can we just say how cool your dad is actually? How cool he is! Yeah, he is pretty 
He's uh, he's got back into longboarding, hasn't he? Just well, never. He was never into it, but he's like, he's found the love for it. And, uh, ah, nice. Now he's bought two longboards in the space of like two months. <laughs> <laughs> he's in Saudi Arabia right now with work, and he's just bought a longboard from there. <laughs> nice. Does your mum know he's bought two longboards in two uh, months? <laughs> well, no, <laughs> she does know. <laughs> <laughs> in his van. <laughs> Keep him in there, look. <laughs> and uh, talking about back to, I guess surfing. You've, uh, yeah, I think you're a well-travelled surfer. Is that right? Yeah, I would say done a few trips now, and done pretty good. Yeah, kind of like my mindset. I alluded to it earlier. Is I need to be progressing, and I want other people to progress. That's yeah. like you talk about purpose. You can go into like. Buddhism and kind of whatever, but I feel like if I'm progressing in something, and but I'm seeing other people progressing the work that I do, yeah, that's me done. Like I'm, I'm happy mm-hmm. with that kind of thing. But that's, I am a competitive guy as well, so I do want to progress as a surfer and have over the last five years. I would say it's come on quite a bit. Yeah, still not where I want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, done a few trips, like. Been to Bali, been out to Morocco, been to Ireland quite a few times. Always down Cornwall with in the van, and I'm done Scotland yet. I mean, that's some Probably van enough. to uh, to be travelling about, and yeah, as well, pretty pretty of blessed with that, to be fair. Until yeah. Logan obviously gets in it and throws his yeah. wetsuits off <laughs> so the windows and on the floor and sand everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on on that point, can I say, with someone who moans about someone putting admin in their van. Well, you've been in my van. I've never had so much admin in my van in my life. Not only that, you drop your fucking cannolis or whatever they're Why called. I do not know what a cannoli is. A cannoli. Call it a granoli. A granoli, cannoli, whatever it is. And it's gone down. It's now stuck in between the window and, you know, the bottom bit of the van at the front <laughs> yeah. on the dashboard, just where you can't get to it. Because now every time I turn the fan or heater on, it just smells like cinnamon everywhere. Who doesn't want that? <laughs> uh, it, that's fine for about a month until it goes stale and starts thinking like mold every time I can turn it on. Still. Admin everywhere. <laughs> There's literally just stuff all over the place in that van now. But that's how your van was before I got it's in it. Spotless. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> His van, right? I don't know if you've seen it, but it's basically Abdul's van and it's got bullet holes in the back uh, doors. But they're not, they've not been shot up from the outside. They've been shot up from the inside from someone trying to get out. <laughs> I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> it's a good fan. It's great. Toy at high. It's never broke down. hundred and something thousand miles on the clock. Happy with that. Right, Still it works. So get some round. I got them here, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, like, man, though. One, one of the things we often ask people when they come on is best wave they've ever surfed. Oh. Or best time in the surf? Oh, oh it's got to be Iski in Ireland. Oh, yeah? Yeah, for best time and best surf, best wave. Yeah. What was the best time oh, about it? Just, oh, I just love Ireland, right? Like, my grandfather's Irish, God bless him, passed away, like, um, uh, oh, I don't know how long ago, quite, like, within a year. Yeah. Um, he's from Clifton, Connemara, so the west coast of Ireland. Yeah. So we've gone out there since Little Dutch. So my dad used to say, well, do you want to go abroad? No, I want to go to Ireland. Every summer, just Ireland, Ireland, yeah. Ireland. Um, so it's a magical place for me anyway. Yeah. And then we did a trip, me and my wife and the dog, um, in the van over Easter two years ago now. Mm-hmm. Or it'll be two years this Easter. Everything about the trip was just magical. Yeah. It was like going to the Cliffs of Moher and like walk around and my wife had tears in her eyes. It's, it, it's just a, gem of it I can't you'll probably see it on my face as I've explained yeah, it yeah. I absolutely love the place um, and then I had a day a couple of days in East Ski we travelled all the way up to Donegal and it was like four foot 
clean as a whistle, surf the left in the morning and then surf the right with like four local guys. And I knew, I didn't know, I, I got family around that area as well mm-hmm. and ended up having a pint of Guinness with one of the guys that was in in the day. It was just one of those surfs where you look around and I just come after from having a herniated disc in my back. So it was like magical that I was back on a board properly surfing yeah. again. And I just looked around and thought, like, I'm blessed to be in this yeah, position right. on this wave right now. My wife up there with the dog just chilling out. Yeah. It's just magical. Yeah. And what about... Let's I was going to say, if that worst wipeout isn't a herniated disc story, <laughs> <laughs> fucking don't even tell it. What about the worst experience or worst wipeout? Worst wipeout was... Um, there's, I'll pick two. Yeah. So Welsh one, Aberavon as a kid. Big Aberavon. And it gets pretty... Like hectic in yes. there, I don't know when it's big yeah. and it holds you down a little bit. So yeah, the proper get back on the beach, breathe on your board, mm. look back at the surf, and go. I go home. <laughs> 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 but my worst one was actually in Dreamlands of all places in Bali. I spoke to you about it earlier. Mm. Like um, just on a wasn't a massive day, like pretty pretty big. But Dreamlands is kind of a deep reef. It's where people go if they don't want to deal with the coral reefs and okay. busy crowds and massive swell of Uluwatu. It was a big day in Uluwatu, so we sort of went down the coast a little bit. Just took off, fell, sort of misplaced my front foot, penciled in down the reef, and my leash wrapped around both my legs. <laughs> I was really deep. <laughs> and so I, I went to sort of kicked my legs out in like a breaststroke action and they just didn't come apart. <laughs> so I was just like <laughs> stuck like a, like a pencil again. <laughs> Trying to get back to the surface. Because it was in a place I didn't really know. I was like, shit, is there another one coming? Is there another one coming? Luckily, there wasn't another set coming over the top because I think I would have been in a bit of bother if it was. <laughs> and that was like, get a wave in, breathe on the beach kind of thing. But apart from that, Touchwood. I cut my arm open in Uluwatu, but that was just a yeah, little. I haven't had too many. No, really bad. I suppose ones. at your height, it has to be crazy deep water that you can't just <laughs> yeah, can't just push <laughs> off the bottom and get yes. back up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Logan? Is it have any of yours changed? Best waves, worst wipeout sort of stuff since um, whatever it was know, you told us. Uh, <laughs> actually, yeah, I, I did a boat trip earlier this year, which was like the best trip I've ever done. Oh, I, yeah. I knew. I had everyone has an expectation for a boat trip. It's mm. like that is the bucket list trip for all surfers. Yeah. And um, thanks to the guide, we had, we had Luke Cromwell. He was guiding as a Welsh uh-huh. boy. Uh, it's guided in the Mentawis for like twelve years. It was better than a brochure. You know, it couldn't have the trip couldn't have gone any right. better. The group of boys I went on, I, I jumped. <laughs> the, wait, wait, the group of boys you went on. Was was awesome. Like it literally. We had a load of magical sessions, but there's one session, and I got it got it on film. Got some really good shots from it. Yes, like, but just yeah, man, magic. A couple of magic sessions. Um, wipeouts now. I don't, I don't know. I don't really have any. I don't think you wipe out. No, <laughs> I don't think you do. No, like. Not like this guy, he's just walking out chest deep in Maverick still, like that. What's this about? <laughs> <there? Like, laughs> you know. had a funny one the other day. Which one? <laughs> in fresh, when, you, when your oh, foot yeah, slipped, yeah, yeah, it looked yeah, like yeah. the sniper from the MOD. You just took it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the one you had the other day? Was you run your shin down the board or something, you showed that. You can send us that video. We'll, uh, same, same session, that's what Mike's about, yeah, I'll send, the, I'll send you the video. Oh, is that the one you use chewing gum to fix the ding on the front of your, <laughs> you your reel? Well. <laughs> I've got that, don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, just my, that seems, stuff like that happens all the time. When you're, when you're trying to progress, you, you fall off, don't you? But um, 
I seem to fall off and whack my board every time. So, uh, sorry, <laughs> like, uh, that. what's that one up there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was um, the session. Yeah, the other day. Just like a super mellow left-hander. It wasn't big. Um, and I don't know, my board flipped over and I saw a crease in the bottom. I thought, oh, this is not good. Mm. <laughs> Mike was way up the point, so I was like, oh, you know, can't even wave him. Two ways later, foot straight through the board. Yeah. Uh, walking over a load of boulders to go back to the van. You don't like to see it, do you? But you know what, actually, I had um, kind of a bad injury, similar to Mike's, but mine was different cause. Um, my lower back went mm-hmm. last year, the kind of this time last year, and I literally couldn't wipe my ass for four days. In, in Morocco with Mike, I couldn't surf. Um, and that was a massive like wake up call of like, yeah. fucking hell, you better take care of your body now, you know. Yeah. I don't know if anyone else has had their back go, but it's, I wouldn't wish it on anyone, you know. A bad back's like, oh, it's a nightmare. You were, yeah. you struggled with yours when yours went bad. Yeah. I don't know if you want to say how you got better, but I remember watching you and thinking, I'd never seen you in a state like that. And nah. you, you, the way your psycho, you know, your mental side goes as well. It's yeah, for nice, sure. No, nah, it's a testament to your level of coaching for Logan that you also wiped his ass for him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, <laughs> <laughs> mate, I do most of the things last time I've drawn in that. It's so funny, like, we speak to loads of. I don't know, have you boys had bad backs before? I've had yeah. a bad back since yeah, 2005, it's such a yeah. Problem. Yeah, I know you said <laughs> that yours is like, yeah, got a proper root cause, but yeah. you have a lot of surfers who have bad backs, and we sp- we literally spoke to a guy the other day, didn't we? And yeah. it's funny how you can get better yeah, some sure. people think it's and I understand with yours yeah. yours is a lot fucking different to most people's but yeah. with just a bad back from surfing there is a way to fix and prevent it you fucking brute you're 6'6 six, six, you know your back's yeah. too long as it is I tell you what if you want if you want a bad back walk a longboard up that walk at Rosilli. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah. I got to the top. I was like, I was literally Ian Beale. I was like, I got nothing left. Yeah. I suppose you don't need to pop up. You could just set up <laughs> the same amount of body as I do on a board. So, like, with the with the training and stuff like that, do you offer that to? Is that general public offering to? Yeah. And what sort of things do you do and offer then? Um, so just strength and conditioning. Yeah. So, it sounds basic, but obviously a lot goes into <laughs> planning for individuals. So that is individual one-on-ones. One-on-ones yeah. um, programmed online. So if they're further afield, it can be done over video and then they use an app to, the sessions are all sent to them, like with the nutrition. Okay. And where do people find you and where's that up uh, to? ADPT <laughs> underscore coaching. I was going to say, where to is that at? <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram and then um, adptcoaching.co.uk on the web if you want to find out a little bit more about us. But it's not just for, it's not just for pro services. Oh, no, yeah, anybody... Anybody that wants to see yeah, okay. anybody that wants to get better in any sport, like you know, you have a lot of people who are quite ambitious to get into Premiership rugby, but they not at that level where they get coaching. So yeah. Anybody that wants to perform, mm-hmm. um, be careful how I phrase it. But what I, the people I don't like to coach are the people that just want to lose a stone for a wedding, or they, yeah. if they got that really like kind of minimal goal of I want to do this and then I don't care. I, I want to work with people who have an ambition to perform a little bit better than what they are. Not yeah. don't have to be pros. Don't have to want to get to the pro level, but yeah. have a mindset where they're willing to sort of not buy in with me, but learn from me and from what we do. And then they can take that knowledge and just be better for the rest yeah, of their okay. lives. So yeah. it's a lot of longevity. I want people to get an, well, yeah, enough from it. You know, something no, for sure. from it. Yeah. And uh, Logan... I noticed on your broken board up here a, a new new sticker on there. Yeah, 
escape water sports, that's where we are now. Um, there is a pool called Surf One as well. Um, the surf shop that I work in as well, so pop in and What's on the <laughs> back. make fun of me. <laughs> but where we are now, yeah, there's an awesome showroom in, um, in Pyle. Just, yeah, literally, you, you boys had a tour of the warehouse, what's it like? It's, oh, it's insane. Mad. There's not enough shopping trolleys for me to raid this. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say I've never seen something so big in piles, but like... <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot in there. <laughs> there's, there's a lot, a lot and, in those piles. <laughs> and what, what is Escape Water Sports for anyone listening? So yeah, it's a paddle sports and surf um, retailer. Um, I've worked from before COVID and then had a little break and I've come back as a surf category manager. Guy Sinclair, the owner, is brilliant people. Um yeah, we're just sort of developing more and more of the surf brand mm-hmm. here. We're going to stock fourth surfboards behind us when they arrive next Friday. So a big shout out to Luke for allowing us to become the retailer and with us for those. Nice. So yeah, it's going in a really exciting direction. And this has literally been done for you. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it, it looks nice, amazing. Uh, it might be one of the nicest yeah. setups we've filmed with, I think. The last week, we, I sort of, yeah, been on the pin gun and the tools and... Dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> so. uh, got the solite boots, the sea skins, got the wetsuits, you got all, everything going on here. Yeah. Got your life sorted, haven't you? They got their life sorted in Wales. They just speak <laughs> a bit funny. We've also got the uh, foosball table behind, which I uh, came back I to beat whatever. It's <laughs> <laughs> a hollow victory. It is a pretty cool, it is a pretty cool show. Route. Like between this, the surf school, the shop, like South. Poor call, why do you need to be anywhere else, isn't it? It's kind of everything. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from the, the sun, that's the only thing. <laughs> well, I can relate to that. Well, the only other thing to say is uh, if you had to pick a surf coach at the uh, Porth Call Surf Centre and it was got to be uh, Logan or Emma, who would you pick? Uh, Hugh. Because <laughs> <laughs> Hugh's a legend. I think he would get pissed off and drown you. I think <laughs> he would be the first yeah. per- the, yeah, the right. first time he's ever lost his rag with someone in the water and actually gone against everything that he believes in and just held you under just to shut you up. I've got no doubt Hugh has never lost his rag in the water with somebody. No, no, I don't think so. No, you don't get you just be polite. Like, he's got there. the look. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah, nice, nice to be part of all this and this, um, yeah, class to have on our doorstep as well. It is a great community, actually. You've got, it's nice. I've been here surf once before in Call, but didn't get to appreciate the community. And being here this week, it is absolutely... Everyone's lovely, do you know? Like, everyone's been really nice and welcoming. I don't know if it's just because we're doing, like, interviews and promoting some of their businesses and stuff <laughs> like that, whatever it is. But, like, everyone's just been... Like, we'll walk out or come back without mics and stuff. They'd be like, fuck off, boy! <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you've seen, like, the car park culture, you know, like... Yeah. In the car park, mm. like, wherever you go, like, everyone wants to chat. Everyone just... they Everyone loves it here, you know? Probably because we have it so, so few and far between. And yeah. People just love it, and that's what... That's what's nice to be a part of. So I said to Mitch about like he was like some of the Welsh stuff, and I was like he was about like what we're we talking about to this person about. I said, don't worry, we're in Wales. Just give him a microphone and let him go. <laughs> <laughs> that's been proved on more than one yeah, occasion. That yeah. It's just it's like, like we hear, just uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you can say yeah. 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 <laughs> Literally twenty minutes. We, uh, introduce yourself twenty minutes later. We were still just sat there, just going like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> he's a giver. Yeah, awesome boy. I'm so glad you, you've come up and had a, have a good time. Yeah, it's been brilliant. Well, it's been a pleasure, Mike. Thank you very much for, Thanks for having me, having us in here. And no, no, no it's been yeah. great to hear a bit more different um, angle of, of of this sort of stuff. And 
I look forward to working with you. <laughs> Which we'll be chatting about after. Okay. Shape, Absolutely. <laughs> I need it. I tell you what, I need it. I'd, I'd yeah. talk to you about that, but I'd, this cake that needs me. He <laughs> <laughs> sat there with a mince pie the whole time. <laughs> Do you know how hard it's been not to fucking eat that throughout this thing? Yeah. What have you been looking at your watch? Staring at it like this. <laughs> You're like, come on, come on, come, come on, on, this come is on. Yeah. Wrap it up now, mince pies are coming. Uh, it's uh, that time of year. Cheers, boys. Nice and lads. Thank cheers. you very much. Oh, thanks for that, Mike. Thanks for that, Logan, as well, being the uh, guest host. It's really nice to have Logan back on the show. Yeah, it's quite pleasant listening to it back, actually, and uh, Logan's mic not being working properly. You could hardly hear him. It was brilliant. Oh, it's such a <laughs> fun thing to <laughs> Yeah, it's such a fun thing to get to, and you think, oh, this is this has gone really well, and then realize I didn't press record. Yeah, no, I did press record. It was the microphone on that one. The, uh, one of the wires we had a problem with, and because we traveled to them, didn't have another wire with us amateurs so um, when you say us (laughs) i say us i say me um but yeah that was brilliant and that place with that a a escape water sports oh man a a massive massive shout to escape water sports because you know a lot of people put us up and a a lot a lot more people put up with us (laughs) i don't know why i don't know how but they do and you know they went out of their way They, they gave us a full site tour Mike gave us a full sight tour, introduced us to the whole team. Um, and not only that, the thing I'm still blown away by even now recording this is the fact that they made a UK surf show recording live site yeah. for the front door. And I'm just like, that's super cool, man. Love that. Love that little touch. Yeah, that's it's fantastic. And, um, you know, a really nice place they've got set up there. You got about, I don't know, 20 million pounds worth of clothes for 50 pence or whatever it was. Uh, and, certainly uh, did. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, brilliant place. And I mean, you know, thanks to Logan for, well, firstly, introducing us to Mike. And secondly, for coming on and co-hosting. Uh, you know, that was brilliant. We may well see him again uh, over these Welsh episodes, you know. No, no absolutely. And um, yeah, it was cool. And it was really nice to, to I mean, we spent the day with Mike. Um, beforehand we went for a surf me you mike logan um pete just buzzed my drone round in a highly windy and i think what was called or referred to by wavelength mag as the worst surf beach in the uk (laughs) but we had a great morning or i did you did yeah that that day i felt a bit seasick that day it was a bit uh, a bit choppy and bumpy wasn't it and um it was very choppy it was very bumpy and it was funny there was like no one in the water until we got in and it just well i wouldn't say got really busy but it got busy yeah Yeah. no it did it was good fun and um mike does uh you know logan introduced us to mike and he came on and was talking about his training that he does and everything like that like he just went through but if you want to find him on instagram it is adpt underscore coaching and that is michael and jenna collins and they do surf strength and conditioning and nutrition so they do all of it there so they've got you well sorted if you go and check them out yeah it's the full shebang and super credible background as well you know uh, mike through rugby and i still can't go over his six six mike is a mid-length. <laughs> my mid-length is a 6'6". Six, six. He's the same size as my middle length. <laughs> it's one of those things that people normally go to me like when I like, meet him. Oh, you're tall, aren't you? And I'm like, fucking hell, man, you're tall, aren't you? <laughs> to him. It's huge. And I've just stood there like, 
I'm not yeah. tall. <laughs> it's not like it's not like I live in the valleys. He's like I am the valleys. He's <laughs> like massive. He's huge. He's like yeah, like, like Mitch says, it's the same size as Mitch's mid length. But um, what a lovely guy, and you know, absolutely brilliant. Go and check him out on the Instagram, and uh, you know, get in contact with him. I'm sure if you're in that area, or I think he even does remotely. He they can help you out with your strength and conditioning and nutrition and everything to do with uh, your surf fitness. No, for sure. And it's really nice to see um, Mike and how he's progressed, the athletes he's working with, you know, just on, a, I guess, a different level or, or on a different approach with some different things. And yeah, um, without going into that too much, um, it's just nice to see that there's people actually looking after our surfers. Um, yeah. you know, this is a surf show. Obviously, yeah. those people getting looked after in all sorts of walks of life. But yeah. you know, we talk about surfing, and I just like to know that our performance athletes, as well as us average Joes and Josettes, are also yeah. able to get looked after should we want it. Yeah. Do you know what so else we should also. mention as well? Uh, while we're talking about whales, uh, mm. we should also mention the uh, the nice little UK surf show. Willy Warmers. Beanies and... Oh, got yeah, sorry. Beanies ring. and key rings, sorry. And it's not a Willy Warmer. Well, if that's for your Willy, <laughs> I feel oh, sorry. No, no, no. I, okay. I, that one's on my head. <laughs> and that's, his head is That's roasting. a little gear knob one there as well that goes on top of your gear stick in your van or your car. They're I'm absolutely actually, brilliant. I'm almost gutted about that one because I'm, I'm buzzing that they sent a gear knob one. And, um, but it's not a Mitchell Tartan. <laughs> Exactly. So I've got a, a Mitchell Tartan Gator on my, in my van. So actually, that could go over the top, though, couldn't it? Ah, yeah, it could work. So a huge thanks. So while we were in Wales, and I think we've spoken about this before, I think, on the show. I don't know if we have. But we were contacted by a company asking if we would like to receive some bobble hats. Now, I think famously, we, we do love like a bobble, bobble hat. We love a bobble hat. Love a bobble hat, and I like a bobble hat as well. Do you know, Leighton actually sent me a message. Where's my bobble hat? <laughs> oh, said the exact same. <laughs> I think we spoke about that before. Yeah. Um, and the interesting thing, I'm going to name the company in a sec, and there's a reason why I'm stalling and naming it, is because Pete had said to me, and actually we had a conversation before we even started, and Pete tried to then go over the same thing again, and I told him to stop talking because I wanted to do this now because. Yeah. What happened was, is Pete was like, this name's really complicated. Like, I don't know how to say it. And I was like, well, it can't be that bad. And because it was then in my head, the first time I looked at it, when the package arrived, I was like, oh, that's way too complicated. I'm not reading that. And then when I came on to do this, record this now, I looked at it without any thought and immediately realized it just says Oz Designs. Pete, Oz Designs designs i'm showing that to camera right now yeah. Pete was reading that as if it was oz disney's is <laughs> like, you've made me think it's complicated and actually it's really straightforward you old crusty miserable bastard you're so... complicated well i'm gonna uh, I, I may have to pull up the message and um just say about it that uh charlotte actually said she gets that a lot people saying what is it how do you say it so yeah it's she's originally from australia obviously and, uh, obviously from and, the yeah, name yeah it's so it's spelled o z d z y n e s it literally yeah. says oz, oz designs, designs like, yeah 
It's but a I really cool it, logo. I was Disney, I was Disney, anyway, regardless of the name and how difficult it is for some people, you made it difficult. If you've got mild or severe dyslexia, hi, <laughs> um, <laughs> it is. It is. They're fantastic. They're absolutely. They're so warm and like so. Yep. I'm going to do the same, and I'm going to take mine off they're, a minute. They're too warm um, to wear in my front room, <laughs> even if it's two degrees outside. I wonder if it would go on here. I'm going to put it on my mic. Boom. Oh, that could work. There we go. There you I go. Don't know what I can see, line. but it's on my mic. Boom. Yeah, I now, can see boom. that. Oh, also, um, yeah. Did you spot so anything else that's uh, happened, Pete, in my world? Yay. Have you spotted anything else that's happened in my world? Anything else that's happened? staring at me right now? Uh, you had a haircut? Yeah. Uh, moving on. Um, oh. so- <laughs> no, not moving on. I was growing it long. I was growing it, um, is it Jesse from Yellowstone? Cowboy hair. I was growing it Ben Lard. That was the plan. It was going to be down to here, shoulders, by end of Christmas or something. I don't know how long it takes, but I reckon three months was long to get there um so you know for all the filming i do with work all the filming we do knowing that we were doing the wales trip i was like no no i'm gonna power through i i will happily have this stupid looking long gray hair on the sides whilst it's growing and i just i got to when i was away in london last week and um i just kept seeing photos of myself and i realized because it's so tufty on the side while it's growing out like it then loses the volume on top. There's just volume <laughs> everywhere. Do you know who I look like? Uh, nobody cares, but go on. Terry Wogan. <laughs> you do look like Terry Wogan. It's like, I like tufts coming out of my ears and stuff, so I've had to get it cut. <laughs> That's just age. <laughs> and now, now well, I realise. We'll talk, we'll talk more about your haircut on the Buy Me Coffee. because no, people everyone are... wants to know. Yeah, everyone would love to know. But yeah, that's pretty much it for uh, this episode. And join us next time. I think we've got one more Scotland one left, maybe. And um, we'll see if that comes out. And we'll be back with you in a couple of weeks. Don't forget, head over to Buy Me Coffee and uh, listen to our ramblings on stuff we don't talk about on here. Cheers. (laughs) Well done. Don't forget to head over to Surface Wetsuits, use the discount code UKSurfShow23 and that will get you 10% off anything you order from Surface. And also, the dry robe link's coming. <laughs> we, there's an application process, right, and it's, we've, it's been done. Uh, we've just not received the link. So once we get the dry robe link, you will receive that and uh, you can use that. Yeah, and also don't forget to head over to Oz Designs on Instagram and check out these UK surf show hats I'm sure you can order one in these colours no problem at all <laughs>